Hello, this is Father Mike Walker of Father Mike's Podcast, Father Mike's Bible Study Podcast, and the Catholic Combine, the pastor of St. Cecilia Catholic Church in Beaverton, Oregon. If you would like more information about the parish or the podcast, please feel free to email me at frmikewalker at gmail.com. And now, today's podcast. Uh, there was not an understanding of an expanding economy. They pretty much feel, felt that everything was stagnant, and what was available were the scarce, scarce resources meant that that's all that could be shared. Um, also, the economic situation was just a whole lot worse back then, and the opportunity was just not there. A day's wage in our world, we tend to think of it as kind of giving us a whole lot of surplus, but that wasn't the case back then, 2,000 years ago. So 2,000 years ago, a day laborer would be able to receive what would be equivalent to about, about a day and a half of food to, for a family to survive. So the people who were waiting for the work, if they got a job and they could work all day, they would be guaranteed enough food to be able to bring home to their family. But if they didn't, that meant that they wouldn't eat that night. And the people that were being hired at these off hours, they didn't know how much they were going to be able to earn. Uh, if they're only working a couple of hours, they may have thought that they're only going to be able to make enough to be able to feed just part of the family a certain portion. And this is kind of the daily life situation back then. And Jesus tells this parable, and like all parables, when we hear them, we're supposed to be looking for the moral of the story. You know, what's the point of the story? And we don't want to go off into the religious aspect. We want to look at it more as uh, just a story in general. And in this case, the story in general is that the people who were working there all day, uh, that, that they felt that they were being cheated by not being paid more. Uh, but that's not actually the case because they were employed, they had an agreement, uh, they knew how much they were going to be making, and they weren't being cheated. It was just that the other people were being treated more generously. And that brings up the second moral of the story, that the landowner, it was his prerogative whether or not he wanted to be more generous with someone else. And so the generosity of the landowner was to help bring enough income to the other people who were hired later to be able to feed their families. Now, the, the last moral of the story is that they were both blessed both the old comers and the newcomers, they were all blessed. They all had enough to be able to feed their families that night. Um, it was just that the latecomers were probably a little more uh, aware of their blessing than the people who were working all day and thinking that they would get paid more. So it's a matter of perspective. Now, we can still read this story and say, but it's not fair. I don't know if you get to that point in your life when you, you think that somehow your life is not fair. So a few years ago, I was a priest in Southern Oregon, and the particular parish that I was assigned, uh, we had uh, a fruit stand. That was our church, you know, this converted fruit stand. And the neighboring parishes, the two that were next to us, uh, that they, they had three priests at both of those parishes, but I was the only priest at the parish that I was at. And our parish was just as big as the other two parishes. But for some reason, they had three priests and I just had me. 
And I kept calling the diocese saying, you know, I need a little help here. We've got a lot of stuff we're trying to do. We're trying to build a church. We're trying to start ministry. And uh, I was working all the time. And, uh, and after a few years, I started feeling sorry for myself. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you feel sorry for yourself. It's kind of fun, you know, because what you're doing is you're just thinking, oh, it's just so terrible. Anyway, so, so after a while, I thought, you know, I'm just going to call up and I'm going to tell the diocese that, that I want a smaller parish or I just want to maybe take some time off. So I called up and uh, talked to Father Brennan at the time. I'm like, Father Brennan, I've kind of been thinking about this. I've been asking for help for years now. And anyway, I think I just need a smaller parish and, uh, or maybe I'll just take a break for a while. And his response was is kind of funny, actually, because he just kind of said, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, don't worry, we'll figure it out. So, you know, but anyway, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you're thinking like, you know, oh, it's just so terrible and everything. And anyway, I started thinking about Coos Bay because I was a priest in Coos Bay for four years. And while I was there, they had the sacramental records. So that would have been recording the different baptisms and marriages and, and different things that were happening in the parish. And in the 1800s, the priest who was originally started that community, uh, he would not only write when people were getting baptized and married, but he would also write little notes saying, this is what's going on. And he would describe it like, and I rode the horse into town, and then I had to fix the shed, and then I had to make sure that the light bulb worked, and then afterwards, uh, we did all these baptisms and weddings, and then I got back on the horse and then rode down to Bandon. You know, so he was riding up and down the southern Oregon coast on horseback. Now, being a young priest, I was thinking, like, that sounds kind of fun. You know, I kind of wish I had my own horse. I could ride down and kind of do mass and ride somewhere else. But then I started thinking about it. It's kind of cold. And there would be a lot of rain, you know, as this is the Oregon coast. And the wind, you know, 40-mile-an-hour winds all the time. And I'm thinking, you know, they were pretty tough back then. Now, the other thing is, is that any of you who have ever read the lives of the saints, they didn't have it so easy. So the missionaries in particular, I mean, what they had to suffer and what they had to endure. And then I'm, I started thinking about my current situation. I've got a place to be. I've got a, a good, healthy church. I've got a lot of good people around me. Why am I whining? Why am I complaining? It's I'm failing to see the blessing that God has given me. And to be honest, you know, being a priest is a great blessing. And if you ever meet a priest that just, oh, it's so hard, it's so terrible. Well, anyway, they're not seeing things right, you know, because all of us have our things. I know that uh, for a lot of married couples, you know, they have to struggle. There's a lot of hardship in that. For people who are working difficult jobs, for people who are struggling in many different ways, uh, that there are a lot of struggles out there. But I think what happens is that if we're not careful, we start seeing ourselves as somehow the victim class. And then as we do that, we fail to see where God is alive and working in our midst. And so there's a lot of fear that goes around. And I think to a certain degree that, that young people can, can really get sucked up into this, this fear mentality. And so they'll say things like, you know, well, we can't get married right away. We need to make sure that we're secure. We need to make sure that our careers are in good place. And then maybe when we're 60, we'll start having kids. But anyway, there's just no perfect time for any of this. And my grandparents, for example, um, two of the four grandparents that I had were orphans. 
my grandfather, when he was a kid, he was 10 years old when his parents died, he got on a train and he went to Texas and he got a job actually hustling outside of a pool hall. And his job was to convince people to come in and play him a, a game of pool. And if he beat them, then they would have to pay the pool hall. Um, but if they won, they would get a free game. But he was so good at pool that no one ever beat him. So my dad didn't even know the story until one day they were playing with a group of his friends and my grandpa came in and he said, hey dad, you want to play some pool? And grandpa said, sure. And so anyway, he, he ran the table. And then my dad thought, wow, that was pretty good. But then he did it again. He ran the table again. So my dad says, uh, dad, where did you learn to play pool? And, and then he told the story, you know, but you know, people have not always had it so good through history and we have a lot of opportunity around us and it's it's not to be comparing ourselves to everything but I think there is a certain lesson to be learned that we do need to know our blessedness you know to know the gifts we've been given uh, to know that we are not abandoned on this planet you know that God is with us in all this and he is blessing us and and if we fail to see that then we will only see the difficulty and we'll only see the negative and we'll fail to see the good things uh, similar to the the old-timers at this at this parable who they had the security of employment they knew that they were going to feed their family they had the protection of the landowner and they knew that they were going to be able to have you know certain blessings in that day whereas the others they didn't quite know that all right so now let's try to apply a spiritual lesson in this so it was, again, quite a while ago, um, I was teaching a class. I don't remember the particular class, uh, but the question came up about those deathbed conversions. And I've had a few places where I've been where I have seen people have deathbed conversions where uh, they didn't quite get it. They didn't get the religious thing. They didn't get the Christianity, the Jesus, the God, and heaven, and, or anything like that. But, but then in God's perfect time and moment, he chose to reveal it to them and they accepted and they had their conversion and I was explaining this at one point and saying that that's like one of the, the great blessings of being a priest is to be able to see God come alive in the lives of people and one of the persons said but father it's not fair and I'm like well what do you mean it's not fair because they could have lived however they wanted to until their deathbed and then all of a sudden they have a conversion and God takes them straight to heaven and I'm like yeah isn't that great that's kind of how God works, you know? And they said, but, but meanwhile, I had to fast on Fridays and I had to go to church and, and had to kind of follow the, the moral commandments and all this sort of thing. I'm like, is that a bad thing? You know, it, it's like, isn't that a matter of perspective? Is it a bad thing that you knew that God was alive and that you had a way of living that brings about the, the, the meaning and purpose in your life and you knew that, that you were loved and that God had a home for you when the time comes, it's like, really, I think you kind of had it better. You know? and, but again, it's a matter of perspective that sometimes we fail to see it. But it's also true, as Jesus repeatedly says, that sometimes the last will be first and the first will be last. So the way that I can put it is it's almost like people cut in line. And so you're in this line, and then someone cuts in front of you. And what do you do? You think, wait, that's not fair. Someone's cutting in line. But Jesus loved it when people cut in line. He was bringing the tax collectors and the sinners in. He was bringing in the Gentiles. 
that Jesus was all about everybody having access to God. And it didn't matter whether you were an old-timer or a newcomer, everyone had access to God. And he glorified that when it happened. And that's just kind of how we should be as well. That if we're going to think like God thinks and be people who are wise, we are also going to be filled with joy when we see some of those newcomers come in. Even if it inconveniences us to some degree. Even if it might be that we kind of had to sacrifice a little bit more than maybe they did. But that's all right. The, the idea of being joyful and seeing how someone else comes to experience uh, some blessing in their lives is a great way to live. And especially when we get to see God working in the lives of others, that inspires us if we have the right mindset. You know, and part of our job as Christians is to be inviting, to help people to have a share of what we have. You know, that, that God is not a scarce commodity. He's infinite. And so that means that if someone else receives his blessing, we're not cut out of the equation. We all will be blessed because we're all part of God's family. So the other part of that reward is uh, there's a, a little more that happened before this gospel that, that kind of brings a little more understanding to it. Because there was uh, this rich young man who came to Jesus and said, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus explained to him basically that you need to give away all your possessions and then come and follow me. And the rich young man couldn't do that because he had many possessions. And so he went away sad. So then Jesus used that as an opportunity to basically say that if we're depending on the things of this world and we think that we find security in that, we're, we're deluding ourselves. We need to depend on God more than anything. And meanwhile, uh, St. Peter, what he, what he always does is he decided he's going to jump out and say something. So anyway, St. Peter says, well, Lord, it's like we've given up everything to come and follow you. And then at that point, Jesus said, yes, and you will be blessed for that. You will be rewarded for that. But remember, the last will come first and the first will come last. Now, in our second reading, we have a bit of this as well because St. Paul in, in the what I say, the letter to the Filipinos, but it's not the Philippians. So, okay, there's a backstory to that, but I was in seminary and I was sitting next to my Filipino friend and, and uh, the seminarian went up to do the reading. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Filipinos. So anyway, I'm like, Lewis, this is for you. He's like, shut up. So, okay, anyway, sorry, that was, that was a sidetrack. Now, St. Paul, though, he had a glimpse of heaven he had something happen in his life, and it wasn't just the road to Damascus, that he had an experience and a knowledge of who God was and what was in store for him when the time came. And so he's describing in, in that second reading, he's saying, you know, I'm alive here on earth, and as long as I'm alive here on earth, great. God has a job for me. I'm to bring the gospel to everyone around me as much as possible because that's what God entrusted with me. He says, but if I die tonight... If I die tomorrow, if I die right now, I'll be with God forever in heaven. And, and, and I can't wait till that time comes. And really, what he's talking about there is he had a glimpse of what God had in store for him, that ultimate reward. And we all have that as well, that God wants to shower us with his gifts and his blessings. And one day, we will see the fullness of that, which will be beyond our expectations. But in the meantime, we live according to that standard. So in this week, we might want to focus on just a few things. So the first one might be 
just the generosity, generosity that our God has and to be able to glorify him and thank him for the generosity. Even the very gift of life we have is because of God's generosity. The next one is to be able to recognize and acknowledge the blessings that we have and also to be able to acknowledge that and to have joy when we see that fulfilled in others. It is true, of course, that God's ways are not our ways, but he knows what he's doing. So we can have a little peace in that. And then as we continue to work our way through this life, we can understand that God knows what he's doing and then just have trust and peace in the knowledge that he will fulfill his will. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. May God bless you and be with you as you live out your faith and serve the Lord this week.